Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and welcome to the show. I'm so glad you chose to join us. The topic tonight, the transparent ego. And our guest tonight is moi, uh, your host, Les Jensen. I I love talking about our human consciousness. It's uh, I find it fascinating. I, I, I suggest that it could take... Uh, <laughs> perhaps forever for us to truly understand our potential because of how consciousness likes to expand. But tonight we're going to look at the ego, and specifically the transparent ego. Let me ask you a question. At what capacity do you think your ego can manifest in and of itself, all by itself, at what capacity do you think your ego has the ability to manifest your potential? On this planet at this time, I suggest most of the paradigm that we've been watching in our in our human story is um, woefully inadequate to reflect our true human potential. I suggest to you that the infinite potential of our human nature never dims. Our infinite potential never dims. And that's because we're source consciousness. We we are, as human beings living on this planet, a point of presence, a node in the hologram, if you will, of source consciousness, God consciousness, prime creator, however you want to contextualize um, God. So when we talk about our potential, I suggest that the, the hero archetype, the wizard archetype, the alchemist archetype, of our past, in other words, the stories from our past, the history of our past, um, can't really put uh, a definitive mark on on where we are today. And the reason I say that is we're living in such a rich environment. What if Leonardo da Vinci had 3D printing? What if Jesus had Twitter? What if I mean, we're in such a rich environment where the world has become smaller. You, you probably have a phone that you could pull out of your pocket and call anybody on the planet or do an Internet search about a topic and educate yourself in this moment. And, and as such, uh, we're living in a very, a very ripe time, a beautiful time to be alive. And yet... If our ego doesn't understand, if our ego doesn't know how to work in harmony with with our higher self, with that higher wisdom that we all have, then really um, we're just spinning our tires. So 
on the show tonight, we're going to look at the shadow side of the ego, the enlightened side of the ego, and then the transparent ego. And, and just a hint, the transparency relates to love, 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 the, the kick-ass elixir. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just wanted to take a moment, too, and, and point out that um, we're coming around the bend here at New Human Living. We're coming up on a full, solid decade. New Human Living will be a decade old next month. December of 2019. So the the 11th year of New Human Living will be 2020. How cool is that? And uh, here on the here on the show, we've had hundreds and hundreds of guests talking about the power of human consciousness. And now it's my turn to share uh, some thoughts that I've had about it. So let's let's take a look at this. The shadow side of the ego. The, the notion of an enlightened ego, and then the transparent ego. Well, it's a curious thing. How many stories have you heard where somebody says uh, they were woken up by the cosmic two-by-four across their head? Um, I don't know. We've had countless guests on the show that talk about some some galactic events, some a train wreck of an event in their life that completely turned their life dynamic over. And when we talk about the shadow side of the ego, I suggest to you that your ego is the trump card, the undisciplined, the unchecked ego with its fierce free will can consume the vast majority, if not all, of your consciousness. Our egos can consume all of our consciousness. And yet our ego is is the only place in our persona when we look at our soul and when we look at our ego, only the ego knows fear. Only the ego knows limitations. Only the ego has anxiety towards the future. The soul cannot embody these traits. Your soul cannot escape its truth, if you will. The soul will not go into fear. The soul will not go into um, uh, untruth or um, beliefs that are not congruent with the truth. That's the realm of the ego. When we look at the shadow side of our ego, one part of the shadow side of our ego is the percentage of the consciousness it consumes. The busy mind, the monkey mind, the check your phone every five minutes, the uh, worry and anxiety about the future, the uh, the offended ego, the the ego that is judgmental of what's happening, the ego that's separate from the environment where where you point out there and your ego says, well, look, look over there what happened. That happened to me. Where you point outside of yourself and you say, well, 
well, look at this wake in my in my history. It's like you're standing at the back of a boat. Well, look at that. See that big wake? That's when I got divorced. See that big wake? That's when I got fired. They fired me. Can you believe that? And and the ego is con, um, consumed, if you will, by the events that are happening outside of it. And what we're talking about is the ego diluting our potential by consuming our consciousness. Now, when you look at your ego, none of us were born with an ego. Day one, all of us as babies, we didn't have a, a political stance, so we couldn't be offended by a political discourse. We didn't have a sense of self, so we couldn't be offended what, about what others thought of us. We didn't have uh, fear of the future because we had no concept of the future. And so when we look at if we weren't born with egos, where the hell did our egos come from? There's seven plus billion people on the planet, and I suggest you there's seven plus billion flavors of egos on the planet. Human beings are very diverse, very multidimensional personifications of a soul. In other words, I suggest if, if we were to really drill down ways we could define the human persona, we would have just countless variations, millions and billions of variations of the human persona, of the notion of a, an ego, of the belief systems of an ego, of the, the emotional posturing of an ego, if you will. And, and what I'm getting at here is, one of the things you can do to help understand your own personal ego, to kind of perhaps step outside of your ego and look at the, look at the thread of your life in this lifetime from an objective point of view is to look at your family of origin. Or uh, that's to assume you grew up in a family. Yeah. Uh, Look at look at how you were brought up. Typically, we were raised with a, a family dynamic. We were born into a family structure. And it, it's not true with everybody on the planet, but for the most part, our, the, our family dynamic is where we constructed our ego. And this is very important. I suggest to you there's a lot to be gleaned by the family dynamic that you were raised in, because it's a curious thing. Our soul, before we incarnate, our soul looks at the possibilities of what might be. Our soul chooses our family dynamic. Our soul chooses the family we're going to incarnate into. And it does that for a very specific reason. When we incarnate, we have lessons to learn. And these lessons are just general lessons. How they physically and actually play out is not defined down to a T. They're general lessons. Maybe the lesson is compassion or forgiveness. Maybe the les lesson is 
uh, self-worth or self-love. When you look at your family dynamic, your soul chose that family dynamic for a reason. There, there were elements in the family dynamic that are the basis of the lessons that you're here to learn in this lifetime, this lifetime right now. So when we talk about the ego, the family dynamic we were born into constructed the belief systems of our egos. Imagine a, a little toddler learning about the most fundamental nature of this 3D life that we live in. Look, looky here, this is a chair. We call this a chair. This is a door. This is the, the lawn. That's the sky. And so we, we start to build this uh, these symbols in our in our mind, we construct a language, a symbol table that we use to uh, to talk to each other. And then, very, very, very importantly, we assign value. We assign a construct of value to the symbols. So, what if you were raised in a uh, extremely religious household, like, like I was. What was the value of, of my family dynamic? Um, it was important that we were perceived as being righteous, that we were perceived as being uh, perhaps God-fearing or uh, we're following the rules, we're, all, we're lined up to go to heaven, we've been, we've been following the rules. So what was valued in that family dynamic was how we were perceived. Also, I was raised near farming communities. If I had been raised on a farm, what would be valued there is perhaps hard work and reliability. The value of a, uh, of a uh, the family dynamic of a farm would be hard work and reliability. So, um, I'm, these are two different examples. But what's really important is where do we assign the value? Where do we assign the value of our family um, dynamic? I like to think of the notion, so, so imagine this. Imagine you're 12 or 13 years old. You're 12 or 13, you're in your, you're in your house. At, right around that age, we're, we're starting to notice our neighborhood. We're starting to notice the bigger dynamic. We're starting to notice that we live in a city, that there's a structure of society. So imagine you're 12 or 13 and the doorbell rings and the authority of your family, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your grandparents, they go to answer the door. The authority figure of your family dynamic goes to the door. And you can't see who's on the other side of the door, but they talk, they talk, and they talk, and then the 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 door is closed, and then it is announced, well, um, we're going to move to another city, or we're going to, I'm going to change my job, and I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. And what's really important here is. In, in the family dynamic you were raised in, 
what function outside of your family had the authority, had the power, had the persuasion to to tell the authoritative figure in your family dynamic that something had to happen and you would respond. The, the reason I bring this up is when we talk about being a powerful ego, we have to claim our dominion. We have to claim our sovereignty. If, if we have in our ego a belief system that was handed to us by our, by our family of origin that there was a, a hierarchy or a structure outside of the family dynamic that had say, that had sway in what happened to the family dynamic, we really don't have dominion over our own life. We, we surrender that choice. We surrender that decision about what's going to happen in our future to perhaps a religion. Certainly in my family dynamic, if a senior ch uh, church person knocked on the door and told, in my case, the authoritative figure was my father, that... Um, they had a vision or God or whatever said this needs to happen or that needs to happen. My dad wouldn't question that whatsoever. What what we're what we're boiling down here is where does the power of the belief system of the of the paradigm that you were raised in where was the power? Because typically. On this planet at this time, the power was not in the family. The power was not in, per se, the family dynamic. There was a, always a larger structure. I mean, if let's use another example of that. Let's back up 200, 300, 400 years. There's a king, and we're peasants. There's a king on the hill, and we're peasants, and the king decides to raise the taxes. And the peasants don't have any say in the matter. Or um, what I'm pointing at here is in order for a transparent ego, this, this is going to reflect on our ability to follow our soul when the inspiration of our soul is contradictory to the belief systems that we were raised in. When we look at the family dynamic as being the construct or the constructor of our belief systems, of our value systems, in order for us to really, truly, genuinely show up as a powerful persona, we have to heal, we have to resolve, we have to dissolve, dissolve incongruent belief systems. We have to reclaim our dominion. We have to reclaim our sovereignty. And and the notion of this is is laid out in the Constitution of the United States of America. Uh, all men are created equal. That there's no one persona that's to have dominion over another. But our belief systems rarely model that for us. So when we talk about 
a healthy ego, when we talk about an enlightened ego, when we talk about a, an awakened ego, when we talk about uh, an ego fulfilling its potential, we have to reclaim, we have to reel in, we have to reclaim our ability to have sovereignty, to have a, a, a genuine personal sense of dominion of our life. And I suggest to you that egos don't change overnight. You can't listen to this conversation, snap your fingers and say, poof, I'm now a powerful person because I realize I've been imprinted with belief systems that don't totally honor my potential, and I have now resolved that, poof. No, no, no. <laughs> How many decades have have your ego spent building belief systems and anchoring them in your subconscious? I, I wrote a book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power. Citizen King, The New Age of Power takes a, a, a much deeper look at teaching our egos to reclaim our own sovereignty, at, at teaching our egos to genuinely own your own sense of dominion. So when we look at the transparent ego, this conversation is working through some of the shadow sides of our egos on this planet now and, and steps we can take to transcend the imprinting of our past, to heal the imprinting of our past, to reintegrate with the infinite potential, the divine infinite potential that's at the core of every single one of us. So when we look at the programming of our family dynamic, that's a very powerful place to look. Look across genera generational lines. Look at your aunts and uncles. Look at your cousins. Look at the family dynamic, the structure and do you see any of them that uh, are looking to colonize Mars? Do you see any of them that are working on a, a global platform to uh, hold compassion for humanity? And these are just arbitrary examples. We could get in a whole discussion of, of what is powerful and what's not. But when you look at your family dynamic, when you, when you look across generational lines laterally, do you see more of the same? Do you see uh, kind of a cookie-cutter imprinting of a sense of self, of a sense of power, of, a, of belief systems that do or do not honor your true, infinite, divine potential? You'd, you, you would want to be healing that. You'd want to be resolving that. And that to reprogram your subconscious mind takes time. So we've, we've been talking about the programming, the environment that our egos were created in. We're moving towards the transparent ego. So we've been looking at the family dynamic, the birthplace, the garden, the environment that our egos were literally created in. What were the values? Who had the power? So let's move it another click and look at our, our relationship with the E word, emotions, emotions. Holy cow. <laughs> 
on this planet at this time, emotions are such a huge, a huge inhibitor of human potential. Typically, we have not been taught about the value of emotions, the value, the raw value of emotions. And I mean every single flipping emotion. Oh, my God, time is zooming by. I don't know if we're going to have – got to get going here with material. I could talk about this in length. Emotions, emotions. I can speak from the masculine perspective. Certainly uh, the – the masculine imprinting of our culture is really dysfunctional in the sense that men are not expected to show emotions. Men are supposed to suck up their emotions. Men are supposed to keep their emotions, quote, under control. But emotions, emotions are just messengers. Emotions are impersonal. But the shadow side of our emotions is that our ego can be very, very afraid of particular emotions. How many of you have had emotional events in your past, perhaps in the family dynamic, that, that bring back memories of, of fear or pain or discomfort, uh, perhaps like walking on eggshells to not emotionally upset the family dynamic? the emotions of our upbringing can get our egos to posture with particular emotions. I'll give you an example from my, from my upbringing, um, anger. My dad was a World War II vet. He was a big man. He was a very big man. He has passed on, but he cut you in half with his eyes. He had a, he'd get a look on his face and Oh my God, you'd want to become invisible immediately. So in, in that family dynamic, the emotion of anger was pivotal. When, when the feeling of the emotion of anger came up in the family dynamic, everyone wanted to become invisible. So I learned at a very young age, I was the last of seven kids. I probably learned in the womb or at a very young age that when that feeling of emotion came up, I'd see fear on my sibling's face. I'd see fear on my mom's face. It's not that my dad beat us physically, but emotionally he, he would crush us. So my ego developed a, a defensive posture with, the emotion of anger. In other words, I would do anything I could possibly do to not show the emotion of anger. So I subconsciously developed a habit of avoiding anything, anything, any choice, any decision that might that just might bring out the feeling of anger. Well, in the spiritual community, there's quite a few spiritual teachers that say, well, um, we, we have to just uh, um, understand that when we hold anger, we're actually burning ourselves instead of, you know, it's like holding a, 
a hot amber. When we hold anger, the, the anger we have towards another person isn't hurting the other person, it's hurting ourselves. Um, golly, do well occurs. I'm going to disagree with that. Our, let's, look at the, let's look at the mechanics of emotions. What are emotions? They're our own consciousness. What is the energy of emotions? Consciousness, our own consciousness. Look at road rage. So some uh, trivial event happens, and this immense amount of energy flares up from, moves from a subconscious into a conscious shift. And when that happens, everybody and their dog can see that the person uh, in, engulfed in road rage has this immense amount of energy that's flaring up within their persona. Typically, is anger. Well, what's the energy of that? Well, it's the consciousness of their past. When, when an emotion happens, it's an inside job. In other words, all of your feelings come from within you. All of your feelings come from within you. So to say, you make me feel, if you tell anybody, you make me feel this way or that way, you're surrendering, you're, you're dropping them all right off the top because the feeling came from within you. They might have triggered something, but the emotion itself, the, in other words, the energy of the emotion itself has no bias. For example, uh, I'm sure you've heard on this show before where I was on the shrink's couch and, the, and uh, he says, push on my hand. I'm, I'm really truncating the story. Um, push on my hand, show me your anger. And I'm like, this is a waste of time. And he said, come on, come on. And in the... The, the moment that changed my life, the cosmic two by four, in that moment, an immense, when he gave me permission to genuinely release my emotions, this huge amount of energy is pouring out of my psyche, this huge amount of emotional energy streaming out of my body. I remember in the moment going, what the hell? Who are you? And the anger, this is really important, the anger was like, I don't care. I'm whatever you think I am. In other words, the energy of the emotion does not have an automatic reaction to it. It doesn't have an automatic feeling associated with it. In other words, when that anger came up, I could have become afraid. When that anger came up, I could have become mad. When that anger came up, I could have had a, a secondary reaction, emotional reaction to it. Emotions in and of themselves don't have a, a built-in reaction. They don't have a built-in feeling. Yes, they are a feeling. You're feeling the anger rise up. But where it goes beyond that, the what you the value you assign to it, the importance you assign to it, the meaning you assign to it is a variable. So when we talk about the ego and the shadow side of the ego, when we avoid our emotions, we're talking about the shadow side of our ego 
that keeps us dysfunctional, that keeps us in emotional reactive patterns, that keep us emotionally connected to what's happening in the collective consciousness. When you watch the mainstream media and you have an emotional reaction, the probability is extremely high you're going to come out of that, that event with the same results. When you react, you repeat the same results. So until we heal our relationship with emotions and allow all, all of our emotions to have merit, because our emotions is our own persona, our emotions is ourselves showing ourselves. They're messengers that come from within us to show us how we see ourselves. And every single message has a meaning. Anger, shame, guilt, fear, they're all valid feelings. Until we heal our relationship with emotions, we won't be powerful people. Period, end of story. When you, go, when you drop into emotional reaction, 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 you collapse a field of possibilities into a single outcome, a reaction, a repetitive pattern, an emotionally repetitive pattern that is triggered by an emotion that we haven't come to terms with. We haven't learned the lesson. We haven't uh, understood the message and compensated ourselves. So just to touch on, on the power of emotion, in order to have a transparent ego, we need to be able to receive the information, the message that our emotions have for us in the moment, feel them, yes, feel our feelings, feel them, allow ourselves to to experience the feeling of the emotion, and that releases them in the moment. So a transparent ego, to flip over to the, um, the positive side of an ego, a transparent ego understands that the value of the emotion is intended for the moment that it arises. The value of the emotion is intended for the moment the, the emotional feeling is, is created in our, in our consciousness. Emotions are not a bad thing. Emotions are a, a beautiful guidance system. When, when you have a healthy relationship with your emotions, you get real-time feedback, moment to moment to moment. Your emotions provide you a real-time feedback whether you're on course or not. Emotions are a very powerful, beautiful, wonderful thing about being human. But until our, our ego quits posturing with our emotions, we won't understand what it means to be powerful. We won't experience the, the, our soul's ability to um, use our ego like a brush to create a painting. Um, 
when our ego postures, when our ego reacts to our emotions, we collapse our ability to create a new outcome. And so we pretty much hogtie our our soul from having a, a, a new tangent, a new vector, a, a change in what's happening. The next thing I want to talk about is our ego as the creator of belief systems. It is done unto you as you believe. Is the world safe? Is the world scary? Is life difficult? Is life easy? Do, um, can you create at will or is creation a struggle? It is done unto you as you believe. So there are people on this planet that live in poverty their whole life. They, they feel powerless in their environment. There's, there's huge tracts of humanity that live in, in poverty. The slums of, of third world countries uh, have millions of people that are struggling to to get through the day, to have a, a meal at the end of the day, to have a roof over their head. And in exactly the same environment, the, the mystics, the sages, the alchemists of the past, the Jesuses, the Buddhas, the um, Krishnas of the past, could be in exactly the same physical space and manifest out of thin air. Jesus fed the masses, um, creating from thin air. And he and Jesus said, "We're all, you're all going to do what I have done and more. But it won't happen if you don't believe it. And where do our beliefs come from? Our egos." Our egos. What a clincher. <laughs> wow. If if my ego goes off on a tangent and starts believing the world is dangerous, if my ego starts watching the media and, and conjures up fear about the future, my ego is literally going to create out of thin air belief systems that the universe will manifest to me belief systems, the programming of our belief systems by our egos. Talk about a shadow side of infinite potential. Until we heal our relationship with our belief systems, how can we be powerful? You know, it um, often social media will label somebody narcissistic if they talk about how powerful they are. Again, this goes to our upbringing. This goes to our culture that says, um, now wait a minute. Um, if you think you're powerful, if you think you have divine potential in you, that's blasphemy. Um, we need to get the crusades in here and kick your ass and burn you at the stake. We don't have an environment that's healthy about owning our ability to create. 
It's not that it's a cocky kind of uh, um, persona, but until you believe, hey, I'm powerful enough to do that. I'm powerful enough to heal the sick, to manifest food out of thin air, to do all the miracles that have been demonstrated for us by the sages, the mystics, the alchemists of the past. Until we believe that we, we are deserving, that we have the dominion, that we have the sovereignty, that, that all our cards show us that we are here to discover this, this inherent divine potential within each one of us. Until we can language a belief system, until we can own a belief system that allows, that permits, that understands the divinity of our ability to be creators, intentional creators, then it'll be somebody else. It'll be somebody else in our life that tells us what can or cannot happen. It'll be the person at the door that, that utters the value system, that utters the authoritative construct that our family dynamic bought into. Until you heal your relationship with your beliefs, until you can dissolve belief systems that do not honor your divinity and install or rediscover belief systems that clearly identify you as the personification of the divine, the kingdom of heaven is within, ask and it is given, it is done unto you as you believe. It's very clear that we are intended to be the personification of the divine and to own that, that type of power, every single one of us. But until our belief systems empower us, do you have dominion to, to change the, the paradigm of your life into a completely different construct from the society that has raised you? Do you have the sovereignty? Do you own your sovereignty to the point where your soul shows you a vision of your life that's contrary to anything that you've seen in the past? Do you have the sovereignty to say, well, of course I can do that. Of course I'm deserving. Of course I'm the personification of that potential. Of course I'm here to bring that into fruition, to bring that into creation. That's the very nature, the very intention of my soul. Until your ego can see that as a genuine belief system, you're going to inhibit your soul's ability to manifest. So belief systems, they don't happen overnight. They don't change overnight. It, it takes an ongoing effort. I mean, how many uh, spiritual retreats do you go to and there's not a single thing wrong with that whatsoever? But you go to the retreat and, and here's... Uh, uh, a personification of love up on the stage conveying to you a vision of your life that is powerful and the congregation, the group, the, 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 the masses that have gathered there share a, 
an, an enlightened experience, share a feeling of bliss, share a, a very moving moment. And then two weeks later, after being triggered to, over and over again, you're back to emotional uh, repetitive reactions. Your belief systems are have defaulted back to the past. It it's uh, it takes effort to change your belief system. Z in zero places in the in the history of humanity has a um, has the transformation of a single human persona gone from. Um, the bottom of the karmic scale to the top of the karmic scale. We're here for the journey. We're here for the human experience. Even when Jesus healed the sick, their free agency allowed them to delve right back into the dis-ease, the discomfort that disconnected them from the harmony of health. When if you look at the mythology of the past, it's always a journey. It's uh, divine beings didn't come down from the heavens and wave a, a golden wand to stop the war. Uh, zero divinities, zero enlightened beings or ascended masters came down and waved a wand and transformed the slums into palaces. Zero times. We're here for the human experience. You want to transform your life takes takes effort. You can have miracles. You can have powerful, powerful transformations in the moment, but those are stepping stones in a in a much bigger journey. The infinite potential of your human persona never dims. There's always another opportunity for expression. There's always a bigger potential behind the one you just manifest. It's our very nature to, to discover this about ourselves. So, we don't have much time left. How can I best serve this conversation? Your your ego does not have the ability to perceive the, your true potential. In other words, your ego has a lifetime of experience from linear manifestation. Your ego lives in a linear world. Your ego doesn't understand the mechanics of miracles. Your ego doesn't comprehend it, it's impossible for your ego to truly understand the potential that your soul holds in escrow for you. What do I mean by that? Well, if you, if you were born in a family dynamic where the entire family structure had transparent egos, in other words, imagine you were born into a family dynamic where every family member was operating at the level of Jesus. Mom and dad were creating miracles left and right. The brother and sister creating miracles left and right. It was just old hat to manifest stuff out of thin air. And so 
you grew up with a belief system that says, well, if I ask for it, I'll certainly get it. If I believe it, I will certainly have it. And that was anchored in your belief system from day zero. In other words, your wand worked. In other words, your wand, in other, you were able to create what you intended in the moment instantaneously. And the very next moment, you could create yet something else. That's not a common uh, <laughs> archetype as, as imagine being raised in that environment. So your soul can live in that miracle after miracle after miracle mindset and, and conjure up a vision for your life that's vast and expansive and then execute it and fulfill it if your ego knows how to stay the hell out of the way. And that's... Uh, that's the transparent ego. When we look at the transparent ego, the belief systems of the ego is, of course, of course, of course it is me. Of course I have sovereignty over my life. Of course I have dominion to manifest as I choose. Is done to me as I believe. It is how I ask, and then I am given. You are here to be the creator incarnate. So the transparent ego is an ego that is anchored in the truth that this whole hologram, this whole 3D matrix, if you will, is a canvas of expression that was intended for the divine inspiration that comes from within you, is brought into manifestation out of you. The whole ball of wax was designed for you to discover that divinity within you. And so the transparent ego, let's take these last minutes and talk about the idea of the transparent ego. Well, the programming of your family would be, well, of course, of course, yes. The answer is yes. Can I? Yes. Will I? Yes. Do I have permission? Yes. Can I? Yes. The only answer is yes, because the universe has no bias against you. Miracles don't have a boundary to them. Miracles exist in the space that you are sitting or standing right now. If Jesus was in your physical space, proof miracle, proof miracle, proof miracle. The universe won't change for you to master the the ability to manifest miracles, the universe won't change, you'll change. Your belief systems will change. Your relationship with your emotions will change. Your sense of self, to understand your divinity, your sovereignty, your dominion. I suggest you need to heal your relationship with the notion of God that you have. If you were raised that God was powerful and you were not, that God had the, the power and you don't, then you need to heal that. If you're truly going to own your own divinity, as Jesus promised, you'll do everything I will do. I wrote Forgiven Sinner, God's Last Savior as a spiritual book, as a spiritual book to heal your relationship with God. 
the God within you, the God potential that exists in, in from moment to moment. My life purpose is to language the power of love, self-love, unconditional love. We wouldn't, we wouldn't really do the transparent ego justice unless we talked about love. You will not truly understand your power until you learn how to love yourself without condition. Your relationship with power is your relationship with love. Love has no opposite. In the beginning was the light of love. Love is, I suggest, the fabric of the universe. Love is the fabric of consciousness. Love is the vehicle of creation. Love is so unconditional. We're given such fierce freedom with a relationship with love that we can disconnect completely from love and tell ourselves we don't deserve it. We can have... Uh, the ability to disconnect from our truth, disconnect from our divinity to such an extent that, that we, we feel powerless. Um, the, the struggle of humanity on this planet has demonstrated countless representations of people disconnected from their sense of self, from a sense of self-love, from a sense of self-worthiness, deservingness. You know, we're living in a really powerful time. The, um, the Mayan calendar predicted the, the movement into the golden age. And I suggest to you there's new archetypes that are going to be demonstrated by people who learn how to own their divinity people who learn how to understand that if it's not you, then who? It is done unto you as you believe. It is given as you ask. You are the vehicle of the divine. We are here for the human experience. The transformation of our human experience will be done through human beings that have transparent egos with their relationship with their divinity in their relationship with love. Unconditional love has the ability to love all that is as it is. Unconditional love has no condition. I, I like the language of the burning bush. I am that I am. Or the Bhagavad Gita as it is. No bias. It Reality is what it is. No bias. It is what it is. No bias. To be able to love all that is as it is right now. Talk about a transparent ego. To be able to look at all that is and love it as it is. A canvas of expression that allows us fierce freedom to demonstrate 
any level of love or the lack of love imaginable, and humanity has stepped up to the challenge. In the history of our past, humanity has gone to the very depths, the very darkest corners of karma on this planet. Planet Earth is one of the most advanced classrooms where, where old souls come to master the art of love in the tsunami of fear and darkness. You're given such a gift to be alive right now. You're be, you, this is a, a pivotal time. These next decades are the most pivotal time in our human history. And you're alive, you're here now as a point of presence, as a vehicle of demonstration, as a conduit of divine love holding compassion for humanity. You want to kick your own ass? <laughs> Ask Divine Mother to show you a vision of compassion that you can hold for humanity. Ask, ask a prayer, show me how I can be a, yet a, a bigger vessel of compassion for humanity. Show me how I can be a bigger vessel of unconditional love for humanity. And then, boy howdy, hold on tight because when you when you open up yourself to be a vehicle of love, big love shows up. Humanity's hungry for love. Humanity's hungry for the truth. Humanity's hungry to understand that humanity has the power to transform this condition. Humanity will be the vehicle of the divine. Saviors have come to earth, and, and when they were leaving earth in their last days, the, the war machines were expanding. All the saviors that came to earth didn't stop the war machines. All the saviors from all the religions haven't removed our free will to destroy ourselves. The, in the... In the time span that the saviors of the religions of the past have come to earth, war has flourished on this planet. It won't be through the saviors per se. It will be human beings like you and me that rediscover our divinity and become vessels of unconditional love for humanity. And if we have a, a, a chance of making that happen, it, it will be when we, when we embody a transparent ego that gets out of the way of the intention of our soul. The transparent ego that doesn't question the inspiration of our soul. The transparent ego that doesn't have to rationalize the vision of our soul. The transparent ego that doesn't need permission from anyone else. The transparent ego understands the divinity of who it is. Divinity incarnate. Well, I hope, I hope this, I, I hope this conversation has um, perhaps inspired you um, uh, reawakened 
a deeper understanding of yourself. You're the thing itself. You are it. You're you are it. We're out of time. I could talk about this for a long time. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, I'm your host, Les Jensen. Thank you for spending this time with me. Always a pleasure. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's latest book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.